Hi, I'm James Carter, Programming and Operations Manager for the Ann Arbor Summer Festival. Today we'll be speaking with jazz artist Joan Belgrave. She's been a great success since she was a child and has seven recorded albums, including tributes to Billie Holiday and Ray Charles. She's worked with some of America's leading jazz singers and musicians like Regina Carter and Charlie Gabriel. Joan will be joined by local jazz radio personality and the Ann Arbor Summer Festival's Grove stage manager, Linda Yawn. They dig into all aspects of her creative process, including meeting her late husband, Marcus Belgrave, and her journey to becoming a producer. And now, Linda Yawn with Joan Belgrave. Joan, it's so good to see you. How are you? You too, Linda. Uh, I'm good. I'm always happy when I when you and I can get together and chat. I love it. It's a real honor to talk with you uh, for Ann Arbor Summer Festival. And we're going to talk about your creative process. And I've experienced that going back years. Remember when you did those organ concerts? in Ann Arbor, and you introduced yourself to the community as a producer, and not even as a performer. And then your persona began to bubble out and come forth. And I think that that's kind of like the creative process, where someone starts to prepare and then moves on. So Let's roll. I mean, when did you start thinking first as a producer? Well, um, I went to California in the 70s, in the late 70s. And um, I was very fortunate. Of course, when I went, I I went there to sing. And then I got married and had children. And and for 15 years, I didn't sing or perform or anything, not even in church, Um, you know, because I knew that if I started singing, it would open up a waterfall. And I couldn't stop it. And I wanted to focus on my children and my family and all of that. Um, So later on, um, when I did get back into music, uh, I was very fortunate to connect with um, two, well, actually three people. Um, Pete Falico uh, from African Jamal Davis from KKUP and Doug Edwards. And Doug Edwards and African Jamal Davis, who are all, um, all three of those guys are radio DJs out in the Bay Area. But African and Doug Edwards, Doug was like uh, uh, the guru. African Jamal Davis and Doug Edwards were producing live radio shows. And so they would go out and they would set up uh, venues and and they would get the, the board. They would bring the board and they would do a live broadcast, a live show. I decided that once I got back into the, the business, I needed to learn more about it. You know, I didn't just want to be a vocalist. I wanted to know how uh, the recording process was done. So I went to work for a a recording studio called Sonic Images. At the recording studio, we did uh, live, um, you know, audio recordings, but we also did cassette duplication back when they had, there was a cassette duplication room. And then there was a video production room. So it was basically a one-stop shop. 
Um, also, uh, we, we outsourced CD replication. So you had the, the recording of the CD, you could get the CD pressed, you could get the CD designed there, you could get a video done, and we actually pressed cassettes there. Yeah, and the thing is, you had done the preparation in your early years. If we think about some of the standard steps in the creative process, the preparation, you definitely did that. And perhaps while you were raising your children, you were in that incubation hmm. uh, thought, you know, where it's just bouncing around the subconscious. And then the uh, insight, the eureka moment uh, comes like when you're out producing a live show and then you realize that you can let the waterfall flow. Uh, in 1996, I was still in California and my, um, my father passed. <clears throat> and my mother, I came back home uh, to Ann Arbor because I was born and raised in Ann Arbor. And my mom asked me um, to sing at the funeral. And I hadn't sung publicly you know, for 15 years since my children were born. My kids were in high school. Well, my oldest two were in high school. My youngest was in junior high. And I sang uh, at his funeral and it was, it was almost like an out of body experience. Um, it was like my, my father was, it's like I was singing up there on the, um, at the pulpit but I was out there watching myself sing. It's hard to explain. It was just the, the oddest feeling. And um, it was, I heard my father's voice say to me, <clears throat> as I was singing, you know, my family's all out there. Why aren't you singing? You know, you know, you went to California to sing. That's why you went to Los Angeles in the first place. And, you know, so it was like when I got back home, to California, uh, I was in San Jose in the Bay Area at the time. You know, I just, I started singing. I figured, you know, my kids are old enough now. I've given them a, a solid foundation. They aren't babies anymore. You know, I mean, I, of course, they were all doing piano lessons and sports and chess and all of the, you know, all of those things. But they didn't, it wasn't like, um, you know, they were babies and they needed me 24-7. Um, um, so I started building a band, you know, and I went back into, um, you know, my, my waterfall. I let my waterfall go, you know, and it was just amazing. To this very day, whenever I sing, whenever I perform, I'm on stage or I'm rehearsing, you know, that joy comes because I was without it for so many years. And I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it. I love it. You know, it's like, it's, it's what I am, not, not what I do. When I met Marcus, I had no idea who he was. Um, I was just singing at the jam session that Bill's, uh, Bill Meyer had um, Thursday nights, just trying to, you know, find my way around and learn who the musicians are. And, you know, I had two CDs and he came up to me after I sang and uh, he bought three CDs that night, two of one and one of the other. And uh, he said, who are you and where are you from? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm from here. 
you know, I said, I'm from here. And he goes, no, you're not from here. I know all the singers and I would have known you. <laughs> and I just went, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but he, he bought some CDs and I signed, he wanted me to autograph them for him. And then he got up to play. And I, and I noticed, cause you know, being in the business, you know, and being in, in around places where um, top level musicians hang, you know, a top level musician when you hear one. Right. Um, and I noticed how, when he began to play, this was the first thing I noticed how cohesive the bandstand became, you know, um, how, uh, the horn players who were previously all, you know, just doing their thing, sh showing off, playing notes and, you know, trying to, sh trying to outdo each other. When he got up there, they played as a unit. Okay. And I went, huh? Okay. And so then I, I listened to him and I thought, huh, this guy's got some chops, you know? And uh, so after he was done, I went over to him and I said, hey, you know, I'm producing this sh um, show up in Ann Arbor. Uh, and I need an opening act. Do you think you could put a band together and open up for me? You know, and he looks back, he rears back, you know, and check. Yeah, I could probably do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he said, well, one, one condition you got to sing with me. I'm like, no problem. I'll do it. I'll do a tune, you know, for you. And um, so that's how that started. You know, he watched me, I think. You know, he I think he watched and he saw that um, that I kind of knew what I was doing, <laughs> you know, first of all, because he listened to my CDs and he's like, you produce these. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and he goes, and who are these musicians? And so, you know, I told him, you know, who they were. He, he still I mean, he was just amazed, not amazed, but he was surprised that I could um, come to him because he was used to people coming to him, especially singers. and. Uh, they came to him, which I later found out, wanting something, not just singers, but people, you know, they wanted him to uh, introduce them. They wanted him to uh, finance their CD project, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. You know, he tried to pay me, <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the producer of the show. I'm the one writing the checks. So I write him a check. Then he turns around and tries to write me a check and I didn't want anything, you know, I didn't. I didn't need anything from him except for him to play, you know, on, on the show. Uh, and I, you know, and he says, well, we gonna work together. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, you know, so th I think that's how, when I first came to Ann Arbor and Detroit, that was my, um, you know, inaugural <laughs> homecoming. Today's podcast is brought to you by Retirement Income Solutions a locally owned and independent financial advisory firm. With professional, thoughtful, and knowledgeable service, RIS provides the kind of compassionate and caring personal service that you want and deserve. Visit RISadvisory.com for more information. And now, back to the conversation with Joan Belgrave and Linda Yawn. One story that people would love to hear is what you just did in New York and mm -hmm. what you did to represent Detroit and Ann Arbor, because you represent Ann Arbor and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and you had some University of Michigan uh, participants. Let's tell that story and you can just run with it. When Marcus passed, I went to New York. 
um, for two years. My daughter lives there. She was living in Harlem at the time. And I needed a place where I could heal and be away from Marcus's large presence, you know, um, people come up to you and they want to give you condolences and I, and I appreciated that. But every time somebody came up to me, it just ripped me open, you know? And so I decided that I was going to go to New York. Actually, Marcus was supposed to go to New York too. We, cause my daughter had twins. Um, and we were supposed to go there and help with the babies and her and her husband were going to pay for our apartment, um, for a year. And, um, I said, and Marcus said, yeah, that sounds good. You know, we can go to New York. We can get our apartment, you know, our housing paid because I wasn't going to live with them. I said, you know, we have to have our own space. So we were in Harlem. Her apartment was on the 15th. Their apartment was on the 15th floor. My apartment was on the 16th floor. And so um, while I was there for two years, I ended up staying two years there. While I was there, I was able to, um, I took care of the babies during the day while they were at work. And then, you know, after that, I was free to do whatever I needed, wanted to do. So I was able to go to the Winter Jazz Festival. I was able to go to Jazz at Lincoln Center. I was able to do uh, uh, Spike um, Wil- uh, Wilner's uh, oh. Smalls and, and, um, and uh, the Mesro. And, you know, I basically was able to, because I had been to New York before, you know, but usually when I'd gone to New York, I'd be working, Right. So you go, you, you do the gig, you know, cause it's so expensive for hotels and stuff. You don't go and stay and, you know, vacation, you go, you do the gig and you get out of there. But for two years, I was able to go to village Vanguard. I was able to just immerse myself in the New York musical world. Um, you know, and I saw the, um, APAP com- conference, um, at the Hilton Hotel. And I saw these showcases of all of these uh, acts. And I learned that all of the the booking, um, not just the agents, but the venues from all over the world came to this, this time, this first week or first two weeks in January uh, during the APAP conference or right before or after it. Um, and that's how these acts get booked. And so I thought, well, there's no Detroit acts here, you know, and, you know, they're not seeing the, not that they, I'm not putting down anybody that was already there, but I knew the talent that we had in Detroit. And so I said to myself at that time, I was going to uh, recruit Chris Meese, who worked for um, Joel Chris booking agency at the time, who Chris Meese was a a student of Marcus's at Oberlin. And he's a bass player or was a bass player. I don't know if he plays bass much anymore, but you know, he is like family. And so I said, Chris, you know, if I can, if I can rent a spot at the Hilton and get, you know, everything done, uh, I want to bring about five groups in and do a Detroit showcase for this APAP thing. And he says, no problem. He says, I'll help you with it. Um, You know, I'll help you with the logistics because that's what he does. He's an agent, you know, and they he takes care of. I mean, his clients are all you have to do is look at uh, Be Natural. And I think he does. Gerald, Gerald, uh, uh, 
he does a lot. Just look up Be mm-hmm. Natural to work for Joel Chris. So, and then he went out on his own. So I said, okay, cool. I've got that, that part taken care of. So all I have to do is get the groups that I want to take. So I, I decided that I was going to take about five, five groups. And I, and during this time, um, and this was once I got back. So then when I got back to Detroit, I started, you know, looking at folks I was going to take straight ahead and Ornetta and, you know, da, 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 da. Well, I had met Bryce Rosenblum while I was there and he called me and I had mentioned it to him. I said, you know, you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing a, a Detroit showcase, uh, a, a Marcus uh, legacy and a Detroit showcase. And he says, hmm, that sounds good. So when he was putting together the 2020 um, Winter Jazz Festival, uh, he called me and he said, hey, Joan, you still interested in doing your Detroit showcase? And I'm like, yeah. And so he says, well, let's do it. And I went, what? (laughs) So this is a way for me to do it without having to incur the expense, you know, which I was fully, you know, not happy to, but I was, you know, I had started getting sponsors and, you know, all kinds of stuff that I, I knew I would need money to pay for, you know, transporting the band, putting them in a hotel, getting the, um, you know, the room at the Hilton, getting the sound, all of the things. So when Bryce came to me, I said, um, okay, let, let get my producer hat on and let's start, start to work. So, uh, we, we started out as, uh, I said, I wanted to call it from Detroit to the world. <laughs> and that's what we called it. And, you know, he came up with a, 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 a wonderful budget and I set up four different ensembles. The meat was the Marcus Belgrave Legacy Ensemble. Of course, you know, I had put the word out and uh, everybody who I asked uh, that was available um, said yes. You know, it, it, it just went by schedule. Whatever we can do, you know, I'm there. And they played Marcus's music. Uh, Marcus's music and the music that he taught them. So um, I put put all of that together and then the I thought that the final ensemble would be called taking it forward so I wanted all of Marcus's protégés um, to play their music their way and it was just a magical a magical night and I was so fortunate to have you as my MC. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming. I mean, I, I got so many compliments, so many comments about how prepared you were, how professional you were, but not just um, you, the whole thing, you know, people were like, because a lot of people don't realize, oh yeah, you're from Detroit? <laughs> really? <laughs> They're from Detroit, such and such is from, because they've been in New York for so long, you know, so they just see them as New Yorkers, but they all have it's it's a family. It's a it's a close knit family, and Marcus tied all of that together. It was very exciting. I mean, I was on a high, probably still am. That was in January. This is May, and I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Oh, me too. And I had a very different vantage point than you because you were in the maelstrom. I got to you know come in and then go back out and observe, and then sort of comment for the audience to um, help them uh, clarify their thoughts. And then, you know, 
get get the heck off a of stage and get it back up and rolling again. That's and what they talked about. They talked about your knowledge, you know, your professionalism, how you, you know, you weren't just a host, but you knew about everything and everyone that was up there on that stage. And you well, knew- thanks. But oh. you know, and 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 that's that's what. But this is not about me. <laughs> this is all about you and your creative process. And I will admit this: I remain on a total high after that. Just think of the energy that you created for everyone and its glow that we're still feeling into May. And that is what creativity can do for other individuals. I mean, you took it out of yourself and you gave it to other people. And those of us who are there and those of us who listen to this podcast and will remember will still feel the glow. And to me, that feels like the end result of the creative process to give and to move it forward. Thank you. You know, I'm a, a <clears throat> one of the things I've never really been into astrology, but Marcus was very much into astrology and I'm a cancer. And he used to tell me all the time, you know, you're a nurturer, you know, you're, that's what you do. You know, you're a nurturer and I'm so happy and so lucky to have you in my life. And, and, you know, I, when I look back, I am a nurturer, you know, I, I do love bringing, uh, people together. I love, I love what that creativity does, that, that, that feeling that it gives me. I love giving. I love, you know, loving. I mean, that's, that's my DNA, you know, that's, that's who I am, you know, and, and the music is part of that, you know, that, that's my way to give, you know, so, but, but I also receive, you know, in giving, I receive. So, you know, it's a two-way street. It is a two-way street. So to someone listening to us today, what is your thought as they're maybe attempting something like this, or they're in the incubation stage, the slow-churning subconscious? What kind of leadership can you provide to a new generation of creative people? I think you have to, number one, prepare, prepare, prepare. You know, um, sit down because I always start just like I did when I was production control planner. I look at the big picture and I put the pieces in. I sit down and write what pieces I need in order to make that happen. You know, um, so just like, you know, when I'm writing a song, you know, it's the same process. You have to you have to start with something and then you build on that to get to where you need to go. It's a roadmap. You know, I think prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, try to leave egos at home. I mean, I've had to deal with egos of people for a long time, you know, um, being in the production chair, uh, being a woman in the business, you know, uh, that's another thing. That's a whole other, uh, thing people. And, you know, I don't know about now, but people, when they look at me, they think I'm younger than I am. And, uh, you know, I'm 62 and I have some experience under my belt, but people, when they see me, especially when they saw me with Marcus, they thought I was this little young whippersnapper, 
who was green and didn't know anything. And, and, you know, and so because of that, you don't get the respect, you know, that someone else would get. And that's okay. I just sit back and watch, you know, you know, something I used to tell my, my boys and my daughter too, because she ran track. Something I used to tell my boys when they were playing sports um, was that you don't have to talk smack, you know, let your game talk for you. All right. And so I let my game talk for me. You know, I just, I say, you don't have to be a, you don't have to have this big ego because that just gets in the way, you know, it gets in the way of creativity. You know, uh, people will like to try and put me in the diva category because that's what they do for singers. I'm like, no, baby, that's not me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a diva. I'm down home. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think if you keep that mentality, and you keep your focus on what's really important, you know, then you'll be okay. And don't stop, you know, be prepared, keep your focus and don't stop. It might not happen right away. You know, like I said, I didn't open my mouth. I didn't open my mouth to sing for 15 years, not even in church. And I grew up singing in church. Um, When I got started back singing in California, because I used to take my kids to church every Sunday, we sit in the pews. I went and I decided that I was after my, you know, I started singing and my waterfall came out. I went to join the choir at the church in San Jose and the choir director said, wait a minute. (laughs) I've been watching you out there all these years and you could sing like that. And you didn't come up here and sing. I said, well, it wasn't my time. You know, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't time for me to do that yet. So don't be discouraged. You know, uh, you might, it might not happen when you want it to happen, but it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. So don't give up. Just keep my thing that one of the things that I say all the time is forward motion, you know, just keep that forward motion going. And, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, do what you do, you know, let, 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 let whatever your creative juices flow. I mean, I, I write more now, you know, I mean, uh, and I continue to, to write and I continue to, you think I'm, I'm home right now, you know, quarantine, not quarantine, but whatever you want to call this, um, I stay at home, but you know, I'm working, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not making any money, but I'm still, you know, doing what I, what I need to do. There's, there's stuff that I, that I'm sitting here, you know, I'll take this time take this time to do the things that you had didn't have time to do before, you know, because there's gonna, we will be out of this, you know, we will be on the other side of this mess and you'll be busy again and you'll be running around again and you won't be able to do this. You won't be able to do that. So, you know, enjoy this time, you know, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm staying home. I'm practicing, I'm writing, I'm reading, you know, Uh, sometimes I don't even feel like doing music and that's okay too. You know, sometimes I just want to get a good book and curl up, you know, and get a glass of wine and sit on the deck. And that's great. You know, so all of that helps your creative process. All of that helps your mental. I mean, I meditate. So, you know, just be mindful of what you need to do what you do. You know, focus on what you need to do what you do. I used to tell Marcus all the time, cause he was always running around. He would get sick. 
you know, because he was, he just couldn't say no, especially in the winter months, you know, and I used to take him, I, finally, I just took him away from here. You know, we would go to Barbados, we go to Florida, we go to, to California, you know, in the winter months because he wouldn't say no. And I used to tell him all the time, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't do anything for anybody else, you know? So take the time to take care of yourself and do what you need to do to get your juices, your creative juices flowing. There you go. There you go, lovey. There you go, my friend, my sister. There you go, love bug. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, I, I sure hope that in 2021 that you're up on that Rackham stage at the Ann Arbor Summer Festival, top of the park. I hope you headline and blow them all away. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you for listening to this production of the Ann Arbor Summer Festival. We would like to thank our team, including our interns, associate producer Stephanie Hicks, and sound engineer Justin Levine, our marketing and communications manager Natalie Robbins. Our theme music was composed and recorded by Nadim Azam. Me, I'm programming and operations manager James Carter. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate us, and share the joy with someone you love.